Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 636. You know, given enough time, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're going to be successful. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, RJ Davera. Hey, RJ, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, I've got it in first gear. I'm good to go. Uh, Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm uh, always excited to talk about all things cars. (laughs) Absolutely. R.J. DeVera is the customer engagement leader at McGuire's Car Care, formerly the editor at Street Magazine, where he wrote and photographed the youth car culture movement. He was a consultant for the Fast and Furious movie franchise, and one of his tuned automobiles was that Honda S2000 driven by one of the movie's villains. Very cool. He's judged and hosted a car building competition show on MTV titled Trick It Out, and he's styled over 30 high-profile image vehicles. My goodness. RJ continues being active in the car culture as a marketing and cultural leader for McGuire's, helping to ensure that the automotive enthusiast's passion for cars continues. So, RJ, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about your career. Or would you share with us a little bit more about your past and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Sure. I think it's pretty, pretty uh, hopefully it's evident to most people that my, my life's been centered around cars. Yes. Uh, through the years. Uh, the passion started pretty early on. My mom always says the matchbox cars were the first things I, I grabbed and gravitated towards, <laughs> which led to RC cars, which led to me kind of tuning my first vehicles. I actually had a room full of parts for a car I didn't have at 15 because I loved it so much. <laughs> and then that led to my editor days, which led me to, uh, you know, being able to pay for college, uh, but also led me to meeting a lot of people in the car industry and building my network. Uh, and then from there, I was a consultant uh, for lots of different endeavors, uh, some of which being in film and television, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. the Fast and Furious franchise, which is still around. It's it's amazing to me that they're making number eight. I know. And then the MTV show, and then some, you know, some 
things in the kind of the car parts business, kind of the hard parts. So yeah. had my own wheel line for a little while, consulted for a lot of companies to market their brands to the youth automotive enthusiasts, which led to me uh, working for Meguiar's. Uh, so I've been here for about seven years, and it's, uh, it's a fantastic job because, as you know, Meguiar's is always out there supporting the hobby and supporting the passion that people have for cars. So it's been a great career for me. I've, I've learned a lot. I've got a lot more to learn, but um, I do love cars, and uh, it, it definitely helps it not be a job. It's, it's, it's my passion. So, yeah, some days it's work, but most days it's not. Well, you have had your hands on a lot of things, my friend. I mean, it's just incredible. You're still a pretty young guy, especially compared to me. So the fact that you've done all these different things is so interesting to me. And I think we're going to find it to be very interesting for the Cars Out listeners. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning, or in your case, burning here on Cars Yeah. So RJ, drop the clutch and take the wheel. Yeah, I think one of the, you know, I've I've had some great mentors in my life. I've been a mentor to others. And one of the things that was told to me early on was to always follow your passion. Hmm. And I tell that to anyone that I mentor now. And I think, you know, when you're passionate about a category or the type of work that you do, you eat, sleep, and, and drink it, right? So, right. you know, regardless of whether you know, you're thinking about it nine to five, you're still thinking about it beyond that. And I think, you know, given enough time, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're going to be successful in, in one way or another. And I think success can come in many different forms. Of course, there's the, there's the monetary success, but there's also, you know, the emotional success, the spiritual success. And so I think, you know, when you follow your passion, I think it helps balance life, even if it's unbalanced and you always feel like you're, you're doing something uh, above and beyond um, just making enough money to pay the bills, if that makes any sense. So it's definitely worked for my career. It's led me to a lot of great projects and a lot of great endeavors and, and you know, to work with some great people and to live a life that's inspired. You know, uh, uh, you know most days I, I love driving to work, especially if it's in a car that's more fun than usual. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Or if it's to a show, you know. Uh, a lot of times I think for a lot of us in the automotive space, we're, we're, we work the weekends and we work the week and some days we work you know 21 days in a row in a sense but we it, it's not like we we don't feel like we did that because you know we would be at that specific show on the weekend anyways right exactly exactly well you said that all very well and i think for people that wish they were having fun in a career like you and i have done our whole lives around cars uh, this is a good inspiration and a good guideline for them that yeah follow your passion i know it sounds simplistic but it's sometimes difficult but if you're not doing what you like every day, you should be doing something different, most definitely. Well, let's go back in time here. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Like me, I used to play with those Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels just like you. Tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really realized that, you know what, I'm a car guy. Yeah, I think there's definitely moments of that. You know, I think when I played with the Matchbox toys, it wasn't as evident. And then I got into racing RC cars, which kind of, you know, kind of lit that idea of, of modifying and customizing to make a vehicle better, of, of course, to a smaller scale. And then that led to me, you know, really falling in love with, with kind of this youth automotive movement at the time around, you know, Japanese imports and whatnot and, and kind of getting my hands of, on, on Japanese magazines at the Japanese market that I didn't understand at all, but was all kind of, you know, uh, very exciting and interesting to me. So at that time, this is, you know, the early 90s, there was a kind of the Craigslist of the day was called The Recycler. And it, it wasn't online. <laughs> it was kind of this newspaper. Yep, I remember kind that. Of, you know, <laughs> bought and sold different parts. And I think, you know, that really 
caught my attention, you know, this, this uh, you know, going out and, and finding the right parts for this imaginary vehicle that I didn't even own. I went through like three different stereo systems before I even had a car because I would read about something like, oh, this speaker is better with this amp. And then, you know, I had, uh, you know, a specific steering wheel and, you know, some sets of wheels. And so I think it just kind of bit me early on, this idea of personalizing your car to make it an extension of, of your own personality, right? Uh, I used to be in a car called, called Art in Motion. And to me, you know, cars are, are it's pretty much, you know, people's art that go in motion. And, and, and a factory vehicle is kind of your blank canvas to use to, to make it an extension of, of who you are, especially when you're, you know, part of this real passionate community of, of collecting cars or modifying cars or, you know, kind of sharing whatever's special about your car with others, you know, whether you're at the SEMA show or at the Simple Cars and Coffee or, you know, name, name the event that you're at. So, again, lots of memories through the years, but I'd say early on it was, uh, it was that bug to say, hey, how can I personalize this vehicle that I don't even own? Yeah, I remember as a kid building models, those little plastic models, and I would buy three models and build one car out of those three so that I could customize it and make it look completely different. So uh, I think we share that affliction for sure. Well, RJ, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've had your hands in so many parts of the automotive industry. You've done so many different things. Would you share a huge challenge or even better, a big failure that you faced along the way in your career? And of course, the most important part of this isn't so much the challenge or the failure. Of course, that was the catalyst. But how did you overcome that particular situation and what did it teach you? So take us to that painful time, walk us through it, and then tell us how it helped. Sure, there's probably a couple moments, you know, in life, and I and I think failures are your biggest opportunity to learn and and to progress and to to move onward and upward. For quite a while, I wanted to be a professional race car driver, which which I think most of us wanted this, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And so I had built a couple full tube chassis race cars. Um, unfortunately, had some some bad experiences with fabricators and whatnot, uh, and then transitioned into some road racing and just learned that I was good enough to spend money, but not good enough to make money. Mm. And so, you know, it was a learning experience. And, and I uh, threw a lot of money at it and, and got halfway decent, but was never good enough to make money. So, you know, it was, it was a hard pill to swallow to, to know that some of my best friends were, you know, turning into professionals. And, you know, I was kind of part of their success. But, uh, you know, I just learned to be happy for them. And then to, to kind of, you know, know that I wasn't gifted enough uh, from a racing perspective to do it professionally. And so I've kind of taken more of an amateur route. I, I go more to driving schools and I drive more for the enjoyment of it versus the competition and, and really trying to make money from it. So that's definitely been humbling. You know, when I was a, cons- a consultant for about eight to 10 years, I also had a business, you know, making and selling performance parts. Uh, unfortunately, during the, you know, kind of the, the recessions and, and Ooh, whatnot yeah. that we've kind of gone through, I had to close, you know, the doors on my dream, you know. Uh, and so that was humbling as well. And, and kind of how, you know, how do you reset? How do you kind of dig yourself out of a hole and kind of, uh, you know, again, move onward and upward? And right. so, you know, you got to give everything enough time. You, you know, you, there's definitely going to be what I'll call the mourning period that you, I think you have to feel sad, and, but then you got to pick yourself back up and, and, and just keep moving. I think those moments in life when you realize like it's not going to turn out the way you plan um, is probably the best the best moments when you can really persevere and kind of mold yourself to be better. Because uh, when things are going well, I think you just kind of you're along for the ride, right? Yeah, exactly. When things get tough, that's yeah, that that's really when your mantle gets tested, and I think that's when you have that opportunity to kind of you know build yourself up uh, in a way, way that you would never have expected to. Sure, exactly. Well, I appreciate you sharing those really personal moments. 
moments and tough times, and there's plenty of us that have gone, all of us have gone through very difficult times, some more difficult than others. But what's one takeaway you might offer those listeners out there that might be dealing with that right now? They might be facing a point where they go, you know what, this path I've chosen isn't going to be the right path or financial setbacks, whatever it might be. What's one takeaway you could share with them to help them move on? Well, I think the the main one is not to let it overwhelm you and not to think that the world is ending and to kind of build a plan that's that's step by step. I think for a lot of people, you get discouraged because something doesn't work out exactly and you, and you think it's all, there's kind of no hope mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you've got this big picture in your head and it, it, didn't, it didn't work out that way. Um, and I think that happens in, in many instances, relationships, careers, endeavor, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors and whatnot. And I think you have to set your, you know, you have to be realistic with yourself and know where you're at and then build a plan to say, okay, well, how am I going to kind of get out of this little by little, which will then in turn, you know, being at a level field again. And then you can focus on, you know, how do you grow the, you know, a business yourself, a relationship, whatever that may be. And, and so I think you just have to take it one step at a time, chip away at it, you know, again, little by little. I, I know that sounds really repetitive, but I think sometimes it's those building blocks and, and how do you create those building blocks uh, in ways that are accomplishable and manageable yet still having kind of that big dream down the line. Exactly. Well, there's a couple things you said there that stood out in my mind is build a plan and of course follow to that is work a plan uh, which is so so important and focus uh, which an acronym for focus I love is follow one course until successful so build a new plan work that plan focus on that plan and the best thing you said was don't let the failure or the challenge overwhelm you learn from it realize what you did and move forward great inspiration there you're sharing thanks RJ Now, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I kind of think you have had a lot of these in your life. Share it with us and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Yeah, definitely. I've had a couple of moments of those in my life as well, especially in the professional career. I think one of the first, first ones was seeing my first editorial article get published. You know, I was kind of, uh, you know, I was a just kind of, I was very, fairly young. Um, I think I was a freshman in college and Super Street Magazine had just launched from Peterson Publishing. Just so happened I met the editor before they had launched a magazine. They had used a car from my team to be on the cover of that magazine. And, and I was always in the editor's office kind of bugging him like, oh, you have to feature this and you have to go to this. <laughs> and, and so I was going to Tokyo Auto Salon, which was the mecca for, for all, everyone young tuning a, some sort of Japanese import, you know, specifically. A Honda or a Mazda or a Toyota, whatever, whatever the make that was uh, that, that you know that person was into, and so I was telling uh, Matt Pearson, who was the editor at that time, I said, "You have to go to this show. It's kind of mecca for for anyone in, into the type of you know the genre of cars that you're covering in Super Street." And you say, "Well, we're not going to go. We don't have the budget. But if you're going, can you shoot some film?" And I say, "Well, man, I'm an engineering student. I'm not a photographer. It's like it's a RJ. If it sucks, we won't use it. Luckily, it was good enough to use." And he said, "Can you write the article?" I said, oh, "Man, I'm an engineering." and not an English major and he said RJ that's what we have copy editors for yeah. <laughs> and so you know the, the article launched and got good response and he's like hey do you want to write more articles for us and so I really dove into this editorial space and, and I was kind of the photographer's assistant for a long time learning I, what I could about photography and writing as much as I could whenever you know Matt would let me write and so you know that started my career as an editor which ended up you know for a good decade or so or, or even two decades to be quite frank just doing different things. So, you know, that was a definitely a, a shining moment for me that, that taught me sometimes, you know, when you least expect opportunities that kind of come knocking at the door. And, and sometimes, you know, when that happens, you got to take that ball and run with it. 
Absolutely. Great story. Well, how about Prodder's career moments? I'm assuming you've had quite a few, but is there one that stands out you'd like to share? Not a specific one. It's kind of like the cars in my life. They're all special for different reasons, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. You know, being involved in the Fast and Furious franchise was huge, and, and it's still a moment that makes me proud to see that franchise still going. Having my own, you know, namesake of wheels, which was called Roja Motorsports, was a big moment for me that lasted for about seven years. You know, the MTV show was great, too, and, and, yeah, and there's so many big projects that I've kind of worked on that luckily has worked out. You know, I've worked in gaming and helping the guys at Forza Motorsports. I had some die-cast toys with Jada Toys and Funline. You know, I've had the, the privilege of, of, you know, representing Meguiar's. At, at so many collector car shows and hot rod shows and tuner shows and so they're all proud moments i, I, I don't it's like having like many kids and saying oh this one's my favorite you <laughs> yeah. know i think yeah they're all good they're all good for for one reason or another and uh and so I'm, i've just been really blessed so you know i thank the man upstairs that i've had these opportunities to work on these on these uh things that have been um you know some of them have gotten really big you know i mean yeah. some of some of these franchises are really huge so and the cars you mentioned the 30 cars that i've worked on i think each and every one is was a proud moment for me to to have my the opportunity to style vehicles um, whether there were companies like Pepsi and Valvoline to some personal stuff for myself or you know, certain tire brands or OEMs like Honda and Lexus and, and whatnot, all, all great moments there that um, I should probably take more time to kind of relish. But You're too busy flying down the road. Yeah, I'm the type of guy that's always looking forward, right? So yeah. It's like uh, well, i got to learn this stuff to spell the roses a little bit more often. But, you know, opportunities like this get me to think about it. That's why the windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror. There's always more to look at. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time again. I would love for you to share your first, I'll emphasize first, really special car and maybe share a memory with that vehicle. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, for most people, their first car is really special regardless. Um, if it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the first opportunity you have to have your own wheels and to have, you know, to have a car to call your own. And so mine was very special to me. It was an Acura Integra. Um, and I did modify it, you know, and I entered a lot of car shows in it and I went drag racing in it and I, bl- I blew the motor up four times. I changed the wheels to eight different sets. And so lots of memories in that car, lots of memories of, you know, my youth and kind of the burgeoning movement of that youth car culture and being such a big part of it. You know, at the first import car show I entered, they put it on the cover of the, of the uh, program. I think it was actually the the very first import car show in America uh, back in the mid '90s. So you know, big moments like that. It was featured in Super Street. Um, that was a big moment for me. And you know, when when you're that young, you just don't think those things will happen, right? You get kind of get spoiled as you get older, unfortunately. Uh, and even my my first big sponsor, which was a tire company that gave me a set of tires, I couldn't believe like this this company wanted to give me tires and have a logo on my car. Um, <laughs> that was something that was just a personal creation to me. So yeah. um, there have been a lot of special cars since then. Again, each and every one of them special for. For a different moment in life. I'm a very big believer in life stages and, and different cars have signified different life stages for me. But, you know, nothing beats your first car. I, I think for most people, regardless of what that car is, whether it's a hand-me-down or a new car, whatever the case may be, I think for most people, that's, that's the one that hits home the most. Well, how about that old seller's remorse story? Is there a car that you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I get asked that question all the time because I've gone through my fair share of cars by this point. There's always a remorse to, and not really for the car, but that moment in life with that car. Ah, yes. And so I don't really ever think about like, oh, I'd love to have that car back, but I, you know, I just love the memories that go along with each car. You know, luckily for me, I've also kind of progressed uh, in a term, in, in the types of cars that I've, 
acquired and, and been a part of building through the years. So it's hard to miss the last car when the new car is bigger, better, faster, you know. And so again, it, it, again, it's just these moments that you have, the, uh, that you really remember these moments that you have with the car. Uh, and I think every car is a little bit special and different for that. So that being said, there, there aren't many cars that I look back and say, I should have never sold that one. Um, there's probably modifications that I've done and I said, oh, I should have never over modified it in that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of selling stuff, you know, it's at the end of the day that our material things, I think it's the memories that we have to hold on to that are the most special, you know, and, and things are just things, right? Well said. Great perspective on life. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. Tell me what has you really excited and fired up right now. You know, to be quite frank, it's the same passion that I saw 20 plus years ago, you know, and sharing this passion. I, I mean, I'm at Cars and Coffee, my local Cars and Coffee here in Irvine almost every weekend that I'm home. And that excites me. I love looking, you know, sharing kind of the passion with other people and why they've bought their car, why they've modified it a certain way. I also love going to auto shows and seeing what's new and, and how designers are interpreting, you know, what customers want, you know, what's the future of mobility, what's the design language like, you know, what are the gadgets that they're putting in. I'm a true blue car guy as they come. You know, uh, I have a passion for all types, makes and models, old and new. Uh, and so I really get a thrill out of, of, you know, kind of understanding why OEMs, you know, build certain cars for a certain reason. I also truly enjoy driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's probably a big passion, too, is, uh, you know, switching cars with friends or going to track days or attending driving schools and, and, and getting a feel for different cars, you know, uh, all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, mid-engine, front mid-engine, rear-engine you name it um, it all excites me so never a dull moment well it sounds like you share a my passionate mantra and that is if it rolls on rubber I love it yeah yeah I'm not the biggest motorcycle guy you know I just I, I think I just get really scared of being that open to the world although I think the thrill is very exciting to me but I just yeah. feel comfortable in four wheels yeah now I understand I used to ride bikes but uh, so many of my friends were getting whacked and I had uh, my kids were younger at the time I went you know what this is a little too risky there's just too many inattentive drivers out there these days every time I rode I felt like somebody was trying to kill me so right uh, parked my right. bikes a while ago well here's a very introspective question for you RJ if you were a car what kind of car would you be and why and this isn't about what you wish you were this is how you perceive yourself personified into a vehicle wow that's a very loaded question my friend. <laughs> i know that was the toughest one to i think to, for me to think about well good good all the questions that we're gonna we're gonna talk about today yeah i wanted to uh you know offer you uh something unique and different to think about today that maybe nobody's ever asked you so yeah, it's so easy to think about what you want to be yeah, or that, of course. you know, that car that you're like, ooh, that's, that's the car. But giving it some thought, actually, you know, my current second mortgage <laughs> <laughs> and play car probably is, it kind of resembles me a lot. So I, I currently have a Mercedes SLS AMG going. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. Which I think when you look at high-end cars, there's the Ferraris and the Lambos. But to me, like, you know, German engineering is a little bit more dependable, right? And that's kind of me. I'm, I'm kind of the guy that always gets things done. Um, it's, it's very Mercedes, very Porsche-esque to me in that sense, you know? Sure. And so I resemble that, I think. But I, at the same time, the SLS is a little bit more unique and special and I kind of have my own kilter and I kind of have my own style as well. So, and that's usually a little bit 
just left field or right field of most people. <laughs> I mean, even the SLS, I think, is very much that, right? Most people that would have bought something in that price range usually probably bought the Ferrari or the Lambo, mm-hmm. right? Because that's sure. kind of the price range the Going was at. But the Going's kind of odd and special in its own way, you know, with the doors and the length of the front hood. And so it's a little bit of an odd duckling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different. Um, that's kind of swanish, right? Um, yeah. And so I kind of, for me, I kind of see myself in that way. I'm a little bit odd in, in the way I think, in the way I style things. And, and so that car, I think, kind of represents me really well. And, and I'm a person that uh, prides myself in, in, in trying to be the best and soaring really high. And so, you know, with the doors that go up, uh, my friends actually make fun of me, you know, the, <laughs> when doves fly is kind of their hashtag, right? So <laughs> for me so uh so so i think the car represents me well oddly it's the car that i own right now and i don't know if i how long i'm gonna own it but uh i think it suits me yeah well you thought that through well and you answered it perfectly so i'm glad you did it that way very nice awesome car well rj up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's cars yeah sponsors hey cars yeah i'm a huge fan of covercraft i've protected my vehicles with their products for decades Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Okay, RJ, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle Answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? That's a very easy one. Do it right 
do it once, hmm. or do it once, do it right, whichever which way you want to do those things, but it's basically the same thing. Yeah. And I think when we do a restoration, when we take care of any paint surface or interior, when we modify a car, there's a lot of times we think about the shortcut, right? Oh, I think I could get it done cheaper this way. Oh, I don't think I got to do, I don't think I really need to prep it that well for paint. It'll be fine. And then we do it and we're not happy with it and then we end up redoing it. So then it costs us twice as much money and three times as much time. So I think that's one, you know, building the cars that I've kind of had a chance to kind of style and and work with others with to build. That's probably the, the, the number one advice that's been given to me that that I try and follow rigorously. Yeah, my father taught me that lesson when I was early. He said, you know, if you can't afford to do do it right and do the way you want it, wait until you can because you'll forever be frustrated if you cut corners and cheap out. So uh been a great bit of advice I learned from him. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Yeah, I think it's it's really about, you know, awareness being very aware of, of kind of who you are, where you're at, being honest with yourself on, on your shortcomings, uh, the things that you do well, and then making a commitment. I mean, I call it dedicated commitment to always kind of think about it on the daily and, and to work at, at being a better version of yourself. You know, I think if we do that on the day-to-day, that success comes. Uh, it's definitely worked out well for me, to be quite frank, and I, I think it's a, it's a mantra that, um, you know, a lot of my successful friends, that's that's kind of, you know, for them, that it's something that's worked. Um, and it's not, just, it's not just about success, it's also about finding purpose uh, in your life, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be better at that purpose and fulfilling that. There you go. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there, but is there one in particular you think the Cars Yow listeners should look into? Well, I think it's different things, you know, for automotive, pick up any automotive manga that you can or read it online or, or go to an event and talk to people. For me personally, from a professional standpoint, I, I read a lot of a magazine called Fast Company, uh, which is a lot about innovation and things that, you know, um, great brands and great companies are doing. So it's, it's for me, it's, it's always a, a good learning experience to see what the Nikes of the world are doing, the Apples, the Starbucks, the, you know, and even the smaller companies like Warbly Parker or Tom's or things of that nature. Yeah. So that's probably one of my favorite resources. I always ask my guests for a book recommendation. Is there one book or maybe even two you could recommend to the Car Show listeners? Sure. I'm actually reading one that I'm very, very impressed with. It's called Smarter, Faster, Better mm-hmm. um, by Charles Duhigg. Yep. And it's The Secrets of Being Productive in Life and Business. Um, and I'm, you know, I've kind of talked about it in this interview. I think life and business intertwine much more than, than they ever have before. Um, and so to me, it's, it's finding that middle point. You know, it's definitely a pendulum. It's never going to be right in the middle. Um, so you're going to have to swing with it. And, uh, and I think this, book, this, book, this book's been great in kind of giving some insight to that. And so it's the one that, that I've been recommending to friends lately. So that's Perfect. probably uh, on my current list right now. Yeah, that's a great book. I've read that. I enjoyed that book quite a bit. It's been recommended by a few other folks here on Cars. Yeah, so great recommendation. And I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources that RJ has been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyeah.com slash RJ Devera. There's also another great place under resources the Cars Yow website for books, guest recommended books. For this book, in the past 637 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. Great library there. Great great resource for you. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, RJ, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, you can keep your Mercedes, so don't worry about that. 
<laughs> this is something fun, something unique and different, but I want you to enjoy it. I want you to drive it. No garage queens here on Cars, yeah? But money is no object, so don't even think about that because I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? So there, I get this asked this question all the time. Unfortunately, I have three. <laughs> of the three, there is a top one. Okay. My favorite car of all time, money no object, is a McLaren F1. They've gone up in, in value in the last five years enormously. It's probably the car that was the car of my dreams as I got into car culture. So I still have, you know, the car magazine, the, the road and track that had it on the cover. So that would be the first of the three. The second is a 37 uh, Bugatti SC Atlantique, mm. uh, Ralph Lauren's black one specifically. <laughs> okay. I know, I know Mullen has the blue one, but yeah. Lauren's black one is the one that really moves me. Yeah. Uh, and there's just something so elegant about that car, um, where the F1's more about kind of technology and speed and, and the advent of carbon fiber technology and, and the, the three-seater, the Bugattis, there's this opulence and elegance to it yeah. that's different. Uh, and the third is uh, the predecessor to my current Gullwing would be a 55 Gullwing. Again, you know, all those cars have a, a special kind of opulence and character that to me signify a certain moment in time. But if I were to choose one of three, it would be the McLaren for sure. Wow. You got caviar taste, my friend. Uh, yeah, that's the sad part. You know, <laughs> There's some uh, nice cars. The most expensive metal that you could buy. Yeah, you know, Peter Mullen's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. And um, yeah, he's got some incredible automobiles, oh, as does good. Ralph Lauren, of course. Um, nice, nice collection. But the McLaren F1, very cool. I was very fortunate back when they were building those cars originally to visit the factory. I got to see them when they were being built. I was importing Facomb tools, and they were the Tools used by McLaren at the time. In fact, the first McLaren F1s came with a set of Facomb tools. Pretty spectacular to see how those cars were built. It's just basically like building an F1 car. I mean, surgical room procedures they were doing back then. So nice. What color would you like that McLaren to be? Probably black. I've seen oh, wow. Leno's black one. Yeah. And it's 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 breathtaking. I know all the ones that I saw when I was young were silver, right? Yeah. That was, a, that yeah. was their launch color, but I, I would say the black would black. work the best. And then well, black for the Bugatti and then silver arrows for the for the go wing. So Well, you work for the right car care company to keep that black yeah, car looking yeah, good. Yeah, luckily so. we can ha- help make <laughs> black uh looking shiny and new. Oh gosh, that's a tough car to keep clean, that's for sure. But McGuire's yeah. car care can certainly do that. Well RJ, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the car chat listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the coast highway in that McLaren F one? Yeah, I mean, I, I I would go back to, you know, make sure to follow your passion and, and enjoy the drive. You know, it's not, uh, to me, it's not, uh, you know, the end of the journey, but it's the journey that we should enjoy. Absolutely. So I hope uh, everyone out there is uh, enjoying their life with cars. And, uh, you know, even if it sometimes it doesn't make sense, I think the joy and the fulfillment that you get out of uh, following your passion, I think, uh, outweighs uh, some of the logical things in life. So <laughs> Most definitely. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Sure. So, of course, for Meguiar's, you know, Meguiar's.com, easiest way to learn about our brand and our product. We've got our Facebook page. We've got our Instagram page. Uh, for me personally, I, I do have my own Facebook and, and um, Instagram page as well. Everything you're going to see on it is pretty much cars, a little bit of travel, <laughs> some food. Yeah. 
but for our car care brand and, and to learn how to, to keep and maintain your vehicles, yeah, for sure, follow us on Meguiar's.com. Yeah, very, very uh, excellent website. Great way to learn about car care for sure. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything RJ shared today on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash RJ Devera. RJ, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. Godspeed, as they say. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.